This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on a spring-like Monday, March 14th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Young adults may be wary of investing following experiences like the dot-com bust and the Great Recession. We'll talk about overcoming those fears in our next segment. But right now, the coming days will include a close watch and events in Ukraine, plus a likely interest rate hike by the Fed. We welcome in Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services, based in Miami. Tom, thanks for joining us today. And after many weeks of discussion and predictions about how many basis points, what's the Fed going to do? What are the Fed governors saying? What do the tea leaves tell us? What do the coffee grinds tell us? Uh, what did Miss Cleo tell us? We finally <laughs> will have an answer on uh, this Federal Reserve uh, interest rate hike. It might happen. It probably will happen this week. Yeah, I think it will happen this week because the crystal ball, the tea leaves and all the prognosticators, including the chairman of the Federal Reserve himself, has all but confirmed that the Federal Open Market Committee on Wednesday will be increasing its target short term interest rate by, in Fed speak, 25 basis points for the rest of us that live in the real world. That's a quarter of one percent. Uh, The the Fed chair essentially pledged that in congressional testimony. So I think not to act would really put a ding in the uh, confidence factor that the Federal Reserve needs to try to navigate a soft landing for the U.S. economy at a time where there is war in Eastern Europe. How will the markets evaluate the success of this interest rate hike? Let's say we go up those uh, 25 basis points later in the week and then inflation uh, continues to rise. Would that mean this policy change was a failure or are other factors to blame? Uh, Other factors would be to blame, but not solely other factors to blame. And one quarter point interest rate hike is not going to solve or or be victorious over inflation that's running well over 7 percent, gasoline prices at record highs, food prices increasing, home prices continuing to increase. So this one Federal Reserve interest rate hike here in the middle of March in 2022 is not just it's not the end of this uh, uh, battle against inflation. It is just the beginning of the Federal Reserve's battle against inflation. The war in, the, in Ukraine, uh, uh, notwithstanding, I think the impact is going to be a slower and more shallow increase in interest rates as it tries to get that uh, headline inflation rate to come down in the months ahead. COVID is going to play a role in uh, inflation in two ways. Uh, In China, once again, and China has this COVID zero policy. So if there's a couple of cases, a city of 17 million people is locked down tight. And this latest one uh, is going to um, impact uh, the manufacturing of some American electronic products. So inflation is definitely, it's going to be a driver of inflation. But at the same time, if you have major cities in China locking down, 
down, uh, that leads that takes some of the pressure off the oil market. So how are the how are markets? How are investors? How can they uh, take a look at that? It may be slight pressure off the oil markets, but I think it it just is another uh, leg up in the wall of worry that investors have slammed into this calendar year. Uh, inflation not being uh, temporary. That has been one of the big worries. Uh, big worry then, of course, with Russia going uh, launching its war uh, in Ukraine. And then in addition, the COVID zero policy in China uh, uh, slowing down any kind of uh, improvement in supply chains, global supply chains, all adding up to those concerns that we're seeing price, trying to get priced into this market in real time. Well, thanks for joining us. Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Service is based in Miami. Coming up, getting millennials and other young adults into investing. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Young adults may be wary of investing following experiences like the dot-com bust and the Great Recession. And let's talk about overcoming some of those fears and, uh, and getting a positive view of investing, especially now from Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website engagewealthgroup.com. Ed, thanks for joining us today. If you are watching the stock market numbers, the major indices in 2022, it's been nothing but a sea of red since January 1st. And if you're a veteran of the Great Recession and the dot-com bust, you might say, oh no, here we go again. So how do you get over those fears? Hey, Rob, great to be with you. And and here's the greatest part about this in terms of the younger investors. You know, you almost wish it was 30 years ago. And and looking into hindsight in terms of what has happened, not only during those challenging times, but afterward, you know, younger folks, especially those with longer time horizons, should look at this as an opportunity as long as capitalism will survive, right? So it's great that the stock market is actually down 10, 15, 20% because you're putting more money to work for you earning yourself greater shares, if you would, in a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund or something else. And that is actually a really good time to keep investing, not to pull back. And for, for, for younger people who whose only exposure to investing is maybe putting money into a 401k, you know, what are some things they can do very early on in the process uh, to get their feet wet, you know, moving on beyond that 401k? Well, starting simple is always a good idea. So in your in your retirement plans, in your 401ks, if it's a S&P 500 fund, let's say, or a target date fund, that's terrific. That's a great way to start. But I think to your point, as your interests grow, and this is if you do have an interest in investing and learning more about it, as your acumen grows, as your experience grows, then you start moving kind of beyond sort of the, the, the easy go-to investments and start looking at expanding into maybe smaller companies or mid-sized companies or even international companies. But that takes time to understand. And so do it because you're interested in it, not because it's the next great hottest investment. And uh, you might if you might have some friends who got into investing uh, during the meme stock craze on Reddit, or they were just home and bored and had lots of stimulus money to spend, and all of a sudden they fancy themselves a mogul, they see themselves as a, as a stock market whiz, and you hear them shooting out all of these terms, and it might be very intimidating. So is it, uh, is it in your best interest as a newbie to tune those voices out? 
Yeah, what great sage guidance there, Rob. I think don't allow other people to sort of suck you into the fear of missing out investment trend, because I can tell you definitively doing this nearly 30 years, most of those people will only tell you when they're making money and not when they're losing money. The worst thing, and this sounds counterintuitive for new investors, is to find really good early success because then they think it's easy. And investing is nowhere near easy, but if you have a long time horizon, 15, 20 years, and that's where these younger investors can really, um, really see the power of investing for the long term, that is where wealth is created, not because you happen to hit it big overnight and then end up losing it all the following, uh, let's say, weeks or months. And even though this is the kind of thing that uh, robs this program of content, um, reacting to the various uh, twists and turns of the stock market on a daily or perhaps hourly basis, if you pull out on that time horizon and you look at the rate of return on the stock market since 1980 or 1970, it's going up, regardless of what happens on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, going back to my earlier premise, it's very difficult to bet against capitalism. So unless we think something dramatically is going to happen to the United States or capitalism, it's very hard not to bet, if you would, through investments in, in for the long term especially. So yes, I mean, even since the lows of 2009, the market has more than doubled. So if you can get 10% every year on a portfolio over a long-term time horizon, every seven plus years, your money is going to double. So that's very difficult to sort of not want to be part of, not necessarily for the short run, like you said, but for those longer-term goals and time horizon. Thanks for joining us, Ed Jertsen, Certified Financial Planner and founder of Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Coming up next, thinking about an electric vehicle in the context of buying a home. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. As more people buy electric vehicles, they're looking for places to charge them, and that could come into play during purchasing a home. We're joined by Steve Kirch, real estate editor, MarketWatch.com, based in Chicago. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Uh, The first off, the first question, the practical one is, given how competitive the real estate market is, is it wise to uh, request from a buyer or from the seller that the house be wired for your electric vehicle if you have one now or want to get one in the future? Uh, Good afternoon, Rob. You know, for folks who are buying an existing home, uh, that's going to be a difficult ask because most older homes are not wired for electric vehicle charging in the garage and will take some sort of modification unless you happen to be buying from somebody who has already done that for you. Uh, You have a much better shot if that's what you're looking for if you go for a newer home because the home builders for a couple of years now have been thinking about this and urging their members uh, to start to build in these more uh, uh, powerful charging stations in garages. Uh, the, The problem for older homes is you often don't have enough electricity coming into the home to start with, and all that is going to take an upgrade to get you where you want to be. Now, there's only one state where EV charging uh, has been mandated in new homes and new construction, and that's California. That's been part of the building code since 2015, but everywhere else, including Illinois, as you said, it's voluntary. That that's correct. So it's not something that legislatures and and municipal codes have caught up with yet. But uh, if you look, there are people who 
work in the higher end housing markets, they are saying that a good percentage of their buyers are really concerned about having this amenity in their next house. And that's going to include uh, multifamily condominiums, townhouses as well. So the issue is going to grow, you know, as, as these gas guzzlers are phased out of, out of production and, in the next 20, 30 years, uh, you're going to see this in most homes, I think. But it's certainly we have to look ahead at this point. As one analyst said, it's very similar to uh, building a house and making sure it's pre-wired for cable, say, in 1982. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and really, if you're starting from scratch in a new home, uh, to get that kind of electrical upgrade is nowhere near as expensive, maybe anywhere from 500 to $1,500 in a new home uh, than it would be if you had to add it into an existing home. So I think that's why we're working on it at the level of newer homes so that when we do get to that point, 15, 20, 30 years out, most homes are going to be wired for this. And then very quickly, if you do want to wire your existing home, does this mean uh, an electrician's out in your backyard with a with a backhoe digging up your yard to rewire your garage? Uh, you won't have to do quite that much, uh, but you will have to make sure you have enough amperage coming into the house. Uh, you will have to have an electrician who is putting in the proper equipment in a box. You need to, actually, I mean, any uh, electric vehicle can be plugged into a regular outlet. It's just the charging is so slow. Uh, if you want to get up to the level two, which is what most folks want in order to, to get this done more quickly, yeah, you're going to be spending 2000 3000 maybe $4,000 um, in order to, to make that work in your garage. Well, thanks for joining us. Steve Kirch, real estate editor, marketwatch.com, based in Chicago. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The president of Ukraine will deliver a virtual address to Congress this week. Details coming up in a special report from CBS News. Some retailers, including Walgreens, move to opaque cooler windows, and many customers aren't happy. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a pair of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business. The markets are mixed. The Dow is up 50. The NASDAQ is down 256. The S&P 500 is down 27. AccuWeather says breezy and mild today with clouds and some sunshine, high near 60. Right now we have 55 degrees in Chicago under partly sunny skies at 1231. CBS News special report. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky will deliver a virtual address to members of Congress on Wednesday as he continues to urge the West to send fighter jets and more weapons to help his forces defend against Russian aggression. CBS's Steve Futterman is in the region and has more on a meeting between Ukraine and Russia today. One encouraging note is at the end of the meeting, when a technical break was taken, whatever that means, the two sides are going to meet again tomorrow. So that may bring some hope that maybe some progress was made. But again, we just don't know. Sources tell CBS News that White House officials are discussing a possible trip to Europe for President Biden in the coming weeks. As for those still trying to flee that area, we was forced to move out of western region of Ukraine here to Poland because western region of Ukraine is under air strikes right now. CBS News special report. I'm Matt Piper. Hey, it's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed. We're joined by Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, National Securities based in New York. Art, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Dow is still in positive territory, though it's well off its uh, highs of the trading session. Um, is this the, do the markets merely react to the basic news that Russia and Ukraine are talking? And can we expect this trend to continue, that the markets pop every time a peace talks take place. Yeah, we've seen this pattern of having a short-term pop when we get any kind of sense that there may be an exit or an off-ramp to this war in Ukraine. And certainly, you know, the markets have sold off considerably. When we think about how much damage has been done to the major indexes, not just in the three weeks of this war, but certainly into the weeks preceding it with the military buildup on the borders of Ukraine, you certainly have had a lot of multiple contraction. And you, com- and you combine that with the multiple contraction we've had because we know the Fed's going to start raising rates, and that usually has some intended consequences to it. So both of those headwinds are still in our face. But if we get any kind of reprieve, which we seem to be on the Fed side of things, they'll uh, likely raise rates by 25 basis points on Wednesday, not 50. They'll likely signal that they're going to do that five more times this year, not seven. So expectations for the Fed have become less hawkish. And, and we hope that uh, the, the war in Ukraine has some exit strategy to it at some point in time over the next couple of weeks. But also, you're seeing energy pullback, and I think that's a big component in today's market. So remember, crude was at or about, you know, call it 130, now trading at 106. WTI was at or about 125, now trading at 102. So you've lost about 20, 25% of that fear of disruption of supply bid that it was in energy, and I think that's a positive for the overall market. So therefore, with the yield on the 10-year above 2% for a couple of days in a row, the financials are leading us today in energy laggard. That uh, backing off on the uh, on the commodity side of things, you talked about the price of oil and uh, the same thing with uh, certain uh, food prices as well. Is that 100% Ukraine, or is that the possibility of demand slowing down as another wave of COVID hits China? Uh, both, right? So you have 
a combination. High, high prices tend to cure high prices on two fronts. One is a supply response. We're certainly seeing that. If you look at the Baker Hughes rig counts over the last eight or ten weeks, we've seen increases in rigs being put to work. So North America, North America production is picking up, as is production in all oil-producing countries, uh, because of the higher price, right? And, and I think the second is just that, demand destruction. Whether that demand destruction comes from uh, one of the largest provinces in China being locked down until March 20th, Shenzhen province, 17.5 million people, uh, staying at home for a couple of weeks, that certainly cuts into demand for energy product as well. But I also think that, you know, the first thing and everything that people talked about over the weekend was how much they paid for gas and how that might affect some of their decisions. So you have demand destruction at high prices and you have supply response at high prices. I think both those are impacting the drawdown we're seeing today. And uh, also, you know, we've had an awful lot of stimuli, I would say, over the last uh, six weeks or so, whether it's inflation, interest rates, geopolitical uh, stress, um, an invasion of a European country for the first time since the end of World War II. Uh, Just looking back over this time, how would you say the markets have responded to all of these extraordinary events? Well, I would tell you this. If you were just to take the last three weeks and say everything you just said was true in summation, put all it together and then say, what has the market done? Well, lo and behold, we're down 10 percent year to date coming into this war. Now we're down 12 percent year to date. So I would say this has been a relatively stable response. The reason that tends to happen is the anticipation of all those things you just mentioned, right? Rising inflation, rising interest rates, a, a, a war in, uh, in Eastern Europe, all of that was very anticipated by markets in the weeks before the war starting. So I think that a lot of the damage to markets actually happened in the months of January and February. And lo and behold, here we are in March, and and, and while the markets have been quite volatile, we're literally down 2% on the S&P 500 since the beginning of the war. That's very typical. Uh, Historically, we tend to price in things in anticipation of events like the Fed raising rates and certainly the concern that this was going to be a war that eventually happened. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, National Securities, based in New York. Coming up next, a move involving new cooler doors at some retailers appears to be a flop. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Walgreens and other retailers have swapped out clear refrigerator and freezer doors at thousands of stores, replacing them with an opaque design that has screens showing what's inside. Let's talk about how it's going over with customers. We welcome in Jan Rogers Niffen, the CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. Jan, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's called Cooler Screens, and you've probably seen this if you go to Walgreens. Um, you go to the refrigerator or freezer section, and instead of looking inside and actually seeing the contents of what's in there, you have these video screens that kind of tell you what's on the other side, but it's a combination of a video display and the advertising circular. It doesn't just tell you what's there. It also tells you, like, the deals you can have and what's on sale. But, uh, Jan, it sounds like the uh, experience and the reality don't line up. Yeah, that's kind of the problem I've got with it. Um, you know, Cooler Screens is right there in Chicago. So in any event, um, when you go into the store, it shows you what's inside the case, except it doesn't show you what's inside the case. It shows you what's supposed to be inside the case. And then you open the door, and you're horribly disappointed because it's a quarter full or half full. Very seldom does the inside of the case match the outside. I find that real cognitive distance for me. So I hate the things myself. And I'm a technology guy. I sit on the boards of 
four retail technology companies. And I go and do this at Walgreens, and I'm like, I don't like these things. I think it's watching me. I'm watching it. It's not showing me what's inside. It's playing me ads. I can get this in Las Vegas. I don't need this in Walgreens. And the consumers are kind of saying that too right now. So it'll be interesting to see where this plays out. Because obviously, if they can sell advertising space, which they're doing, these things will make more money than if they weren't selling advertising space on the outside. But if customers buy fewer items instead of more items, because they don't like having to open the thing up to see what's in it, because the cases aren't clear anymore. And that was the exact experience I had yesterday in a Walgreens. I was standing there looking at these, and a woman was shopping, and she didn't open the door. And I finally said, they don't have what you want. And she said, no, I hate these things. I'm not going to open the door and see what's inside. And I thought, wow, that's a visceral reaction. And I'm going to feel the same way. As a retail analyst, you probably know more than most people uh, what gets people to actually buy inside a physical store and what turns people off. And if someone has a visceral reaction, a visceral negative reaction to something, uh, you know, how often have you seen that over the course of your career? Uh, well, you see it. Yeah, you do see it. There are cases where you do something and the customer immediately says, I hate this thing. But this one's kind of interesting. I'm wondering if maybe younger customers will like it better because older customers don't seem to. But then I went on TikTok and I watched a lot of the younger customers commentary and they seem to hate it just as much. So I'm sure they're running the test right now to say how much more or less is sold out of these cases, how many more or fewer times is the door open. Because they're watching you, too. These all have cameras on them now. When you walk up, it's watching you. It says to you, hey, you're there. I know you're there. Let me show you this ad. Now, let me show you what's supposed to be in this case. And then it knows if you open the door and check or not. So they'll know a lot as they test these. But they're rolling these out to 2,500 stores. And, man, I don't, I don't see that this is going to pay for itself unless the advertising makes all the difference. I just don't see how it gets more people to buy because what makes people buy is what's fun and what they're attracted to. And if half of the people go, ooh, I don't like this thing, even if they still use it, that's got to be a big negative for the store. So we'll find out as we go forward. They'll either still be in the stores next year or they won't be. Well, thanks for joining us. Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Your first pick of the day, I want to say, is a tribute to the power of radio advertising, because you hear their commercials a lot. Well, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, the, the two picks are Target and AutoZone. And tar- let's start with Target. Um, they just had earnings. They easily beat, and, and most importantly, they, sh- they, they had great margins. So they showed that they can handle inflation, that their customers are still coming to the store, and they can pass the inflation uh, on to their customers. Uh, they have great brands, as, as most people know, um, and and it, it's just a it's one of the few retailers that has done well in this environment. So I'm trying to find a couple stocks that can handle the big headwinds that are that are happening right now, be with geopolitics, with inflation, and with interest rates. And so Target is one of them that that is 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 definitely a buy here. 
I want to caution investors that if this continues, this environment, that it's going to drag asset prices lower. So Target is, is not immune to this. It's just it's going to do better than, than most. And when the markets do calm, Target will be one of the first stocks to rebound. I think it's going to 250. I, I think that has a 20% upside in the next year or so. And then uh, wh- why should investors uh, get in the zone, AutoZone? Okay, AutoZone, uh, as everyone knows, uh, car parts and 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 that that segment of the market right now in retail is very hot. With car prices soaring with inflation, people are keeping their their used cars longer. Uh, they're standing pat and they're they're trying to take care of them, and that means that that there will be continued growth and demand for AutoZone's products. It stocks down 10%, just like Target down 10% for the year. That actually is pretty good in this environment, as most stocks are down 20 30%. It's got an 18 PE. It's very reasonable, considering that revenues and earnings are growing at about 30%. Try to find a stock out there that, that has 30% growth and 18 PE. There's not many out there. It's, it's a great stock. They're, they're, they continue to build what they call mega hubs, which are their larger stores, to keep up with demand. A lot of retailers would love to have AutoZone's problems of, of keeping up with demand. And I think it, it's another stock that has, I think, 25 to 30% upside uh, from here. It just, we just have to wait until the market's calm. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon, Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. The stocks for this week, AutoZone, AZO, and Target, TGT. And if you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.